Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Listen now for God's word. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife and had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. In the name of God, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Man Gulch Fire was a wildfire reported on August the 5th, 1949, in a gulch located along the upper Missouri River in Helena National Forest in the state of Montana. A team of 15 smoke jumpers parachuted into the area on the afternoon of August 5, 1949, to fight the fire. And as the team arrived at the location to begin their work, unexpected high winds caused the fire to suddenly expand, cutting off the men's route and forcing them to flee uphill. During the next few minutes, a blow-up of the fire covered 3,000 acres in 10 minutes claiming the lives of 13 firefighters, including 12 of the smoke jumpers. Only three of the smoke jumpers survived, two of them because they were able to reach high ground and escape through a rocky crevice that led them out to an area of the mountains that the fire did not reach. One of the men who survived was the foreman of the team, Wagner Dodge. When he saw the fire bearing down on him and his companions, he felt certain he could not outrun it. So without any preparation or training to do so, he quickly set fire to an area around himself, leaving a patch of scorched earth that the fire moved past and around as it drew near him. Dodge appears to have invented his solution on the spot as the only means available to save him and his crew. None of the men realized what he was trying to do and it must have looked like a highly unintelligent response to a raging fire to set even more fire on the ground. So they did not join him in this effort and only Dodge was saved by this idea that occurred to him out of the blue. Today, this technique is referred to as an escape fire because of his willingness to pause and consider his situation even for a couple of seconds. Wagner Dodge survived. Now, the response of Wagner Dodge to a life-threatening situation was entirely counterintuitive. The other firefighters thought that the only option was to run, and yet the right thing 
was to pause, to dare to take a few seconds to think, even when it didn't seem like anyone had a few seconds to do anything other than head for the hills. In the past few years, I've noticed that more and more articles and books are being written about the power of the pause, its effectiveness sometimes in high danger situations, and sometimes its effectiveness in our day-to-day -day lives. I've seen how nourishing it can be to insert small pauses in my work during the course of a day. Now, sometimes the purpose of the pause is simply to let the anxiety that's accumulated during the course of the day to drain out. I release that anxiety. It only takes a few seconds, actually. Sometimes the purpose of the pause is to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. Am I on track? Am I still serving the highest purpose that I feel that I have for my life and also for the church? Sometimes the pause may simply be a matter of taking a few days to look at the beauty of the natural world around me or to look up at the stars and to remember this great vastness that's around us all the time. It was Felix Villanueva who first encouraged me to do this. Felix has master class certification with the International Coaching Federation, and he teaches pastors across the country how to support one another through coaching. And during the pandemic, I took a coaching course from him, and he began every teaching session by asking us to set aside our notes, sit with our backs straight into the chair, and to pause and, and to take a deep breath and to take that moment to center ourselves. Bob Burridge is an artist from California whose workshops are popular and well attended across the country. And at the outset of his classes, he invites everyone into a time of transition before we begin any creative work. The pause is an important part of the process. No painting takes place until we have all paused and taken a moment before we unleash our creative powers. Firefighters, coaches, artists, they're teaching us about the power of the pause. These brief retreats from the daily flow of life that have the potential to recenter us, to ground us, to make us less anxious about our lives and the world. In one of his poems, the Spanish poet Antonio Machado says this, I love Jesus who said to us, heaven and earth will pass away. When heaven and earth have passed away, my word will remain. What was your word, Jesus? Asks Antonio Machado. Love, forgiveness, affection. All your words were one word. Wake up. Could just a few moments here and there, scattered throughout each of our days, serve to wake us up, make us more alert and attentive to our surroundings and those we love and the world around us so that we can be better able to respond to it with love and compassion and imagination? In my own experience, there's this little voice that's often saying to me, step back, don't rush unless absolutely necessary. Not so fast, Ed. 
pause often and frequently to check in with our values and with our vision. Give ourselves a chance to drink now and again from the water fountain of grace, from these moments where we can have a sense of how sacred time is and the flow of time and our place in it. As a person who's often been inclined to rush too quickly towards solutions, I've begun to feel more comfortable with planned interruptions. That's my fancy phrase now for pause moments. These are times when I've been able to step back from my work, question myself, open myself up to other options, challenge myself to look at things from a different perspective. And I've become more appreciative of how the discipline of pausing can be nothing less than a life-saving exercise depending on what's at stake. When I was living in Hartford, there was an altercation that took place one day between two men not far from the church that I served. And as we sometimes say, one thing led to another. And soon enough, one man was dead and eventually another man was on his way to prison. Now, had they been able to pause their disagreement, whatever that might have been about, it's possible they might have walked away into a much brighter future. But how challenging it is to insert a pause when emotions are escalating and, we and when we have the resources to do real harm to someone else. We almost have to think about ourselves in our culture as training our hearts to be ready for such moments so that we can insert a pause that may actually save a life. The consequences of not taking a pause don't have to be as dramatic or tragic as that, but they can still be impactful. It may be that someone speaks to us in a way that we feel is disrespectful, and instead of immediately showing a flash of anger, either inwardly or outwardly, maybe we can step back from that moment and regard that person as perhaps in need of a blessing and try and try not to respond with anger. It may be that we are feeling pressure to make a decision about something in our lives. Think of all the ads that are bombarding us all the time, reminding us that such and such a deal or such and such an opportunity is only going to be available for a short time. Act now, act now, act now, right? We're hearing this all the time. What we really need to hear is that little voice inside that says, not so fast. That little voice that's encouraging us to take a few seconds because sometimes that's all it requires to change our perspective. I recognize that there are many times in life when responding quickly to a situation is exactly the right thing to do, when action must be swift and decisive, when we're being treated for a serious injury, we probably don't want to hear the doctor saying, you know, I think I, I, think I need a pause right now. I'm going to take a little time out and I'll get back to you. More often than not, though, we have the time to think, to step back, to consider our actions, or to reconsider our actions before choosing a course for the future. Take Joseph, the man in the biblical story who eventually became the husband of Mary and the adoptive father of Jesus. When he found out that Mary was pregnant before they were married, he seems to have decided to separate her, himself from her as quickly as possible. In many of the translations of the Bible, he seems adamant about pursuing this course of action. Once he settled upon his decision to divorce Mary, 
The story says that he resolved to do this. He was committed to this course of action. No questions asked, no pause required. But let's pause for a moment. Not so fast. This past week, I took a closer look at the word that's translated as resolve in this story. It can also mean, and maybe has more of a primary meaning, about consideration. It, it means to think passionately and with agitation about something. It means to revolve a thought so as to look at it from every angle. Maybe this is where we get the phrase, I turned this idea over and over in my mind. Now, I may have been doing a disservice to Joseph over the years by preaching about him as a man who had resolved to disregard Mary far too quickly. Maybe he didn't resolve to divorce Mary, but in fact stepped back to question himself, to reconsider his actions, to pause for a moment and say, wait a second, Joseph, not so fast. Let's think about this. In fact, the old King James Version of the Bible, published in the early 1600s, actually carries this kind of meaning of thoughtfulness. It says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily, but while he thought on these things, that's the key. He stopped, he paused, he considered. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. I'm thinking that Joseph paused, wrestled inwardly, said to himself, not so fast, and when an angel appeared to him in a dream and told him not to be afraid of taking Mary as his wife, he was already on the way to reversing his initial direction. That pause gave an opening for the angel's entrance, and he took Mary as his wife, became the adoptive father of Jesus, and whisked them off to Egypt when the lives of the Holy Family were threatened. In his book, The Pause Principle, Kevin Cashman describes the way that many people are intentionally hitting the pause button to be better and more effective and more productive and healthier in their work, whether that work is, involves business or art or medicine. He says that although some creative solutions require conscious effort, Others emerge when we rest or step back, pause in some way. What may appear as a little time wasted may be the vital field from which our next innovative idea arises. Even sleep or power naps have a measured impact on cognitive connections that can impact problem solving. Pause is our inherent tendency and our intentional practice to grow to let new ideas emerge, to move beyond what is in order, to, to move beyond what is in order to attain greater insight, energy, and purpose. So here it is, something that's God-given, the ability to pause to make our lives healthier and holier. And the pause principles being used in many different ways, especially in medicine. Again, Kevin Cashman describes a situation involving Dr. David Rothenberg at the University of Minnesota, who's developed a routine that depends heavily on tapping into the power of pause. Dr. Rothenberg has helped to create a powerful pause practice 
recently established for all surgical procedures. Brief means a few moments taken before every surgical procedure to make sure that everyone on the surgical team understands why they are there, what the procedure is, and what their shared goal is. By reconnecting everyone to a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in their healing mission, it shifts the mindset from a hero mentality to a collaborative one and serves the vital objective of increasing the percentage of more positive outcomes. That's all because of the power of the pause. During this month at Round Hill Community Church, we're celebrating the power of love, the virtue of love. How might we insert some pauses throughout the day as a way of loving? A way of loving ourselves, other people, the creation. When we're wrestling with a problem and can't find a solution and just don't feel like we're making any kind of headway, let's pause. Let the Spirit find us. See if some wisdom can emerge as we step back and reconsider and breathe more deeply. If we're eager to feel a greater sense of purpose, why not pause from time to time throughout the day and ask for guidance, ask for the Spirit's wisdom to lead us into the future. Before I record these weekly messages for our online services, I've made it a practice to stop and pause before I begin. To gather myself, to ask for the Spirit's guidance, and when I'm through recording, I pause again. to Give thanks for this moment and the opportunity to reach out to all of you and connect with you in this way. When we're anxious about the future, we feel fear beginning to rise up in us, let's pause and look around us for signs of life and love and peace. They're there and they indicate that God's Spirit is alive and at large working in the world for the wellness of the world. So even when we feel rushed, let's not be afraid to say to ourselves, not so fast, take a deep breath, lean into the love of God and see what God wants to make possible through us. Amen.